Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, begin reading at verse 3, but first shall we have a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name we give thanks unto you for the Word. We thank you, dear Father God, that your Word will not come back void, nor... Will you allow this word to go by the wayside? Nor will you allow this word to be spoken without seeds being planted. But we believe, dear Father God, that as the word goes forth in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that seeds of life will be planted into the hearts of the hearer. As we now channel our minds to receiving revelation knowledge from your word, we will receive that knowledge. We will walk as doers of the word, not hearers only, because of it in Jesus' name. And now the greater one that's within shall quicken this word within us. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Third verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The title of our message, again, is Mighty Spiritual Weapons. You will recall two weeks ago, we began this teaching on Mighty Spiritual Weapons. Now, whether we realize it or not, individually and corporately, we are all involved in a spiritual war. We are all involved in a spiritual war. This war involves two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. In the kingdom of darkness, there is a reigning king he is called the Prince of the Powers of the Air. He is called the God of this world. He's been reigning as King in the realm of darkness since he was thrown out of the heavenly kingdom of light. His name is Satan once called Lucifer, the anointed of God. His army can be classified into four different categories. As found in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, you need not turn to it. 
principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, the existence of this kingdom, actually there's only, there's a threefold purpose for its existence. It's why he lives. You can find in John 10, 10, Jesus, quoting Jesus, that the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Sometimes we take that portion of Scripture and we just try to apply it just to ourselves. But it started long ago. Not only does he want to steal from us that which is rightfully ours, but he started way back when he was called Lucifer, the anointed of God, wanted to steal that which God possessed, wanted to exalt himself and his own kingdom above that of God's. We just happen to be involved, you see, indirectly with his purpose and plan. To steal, to kill, to dethrone God, to destroy all that God represents. This is his purpose, and it is the purpose of his kingdom. 1 Peter 5.8 tells us that our adversary, as a roaring lion, is occupied with seeking those that he may devour. He delights in devouring anybody that gets in his way. He dislikes the human race. He dislikes mankind. He hates mankind, especially the born-again believer. He hates us. Why? Because we represent God. We are made in the likeness and image of God. We stand for what he failed to obtain. We were made in God's image and likeness, and he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be above God. Do you see it? He has no love. He's absolute darkness. He's absolute hate. Words of our own English language cannot even begin to express the hatred he has for us. Words of our language would not be adequate. You just can't find any. He hates us, and his purpose is to destroy us through sickness, through disease, through sin, through poverty, through want, through fear, through anxiety, through worry, through fretting. It doesn't matter what he uses. The tool doesn't make any difference to him so long as he can annihilate us and everything that God stands for. Well, that's enough talking about that old rat. On the other side of the spectrum, we've got the kingdom of light. Now, this kingdom of light has its own reigning king. He is not the prince of the power of the air, but he is the prince of peace. He is the captain of the armies of the living God, and his name is Jesus of Nazareth. Glory be to God. His army can be classified also. But unlike the, the army of Satan, 
You see, where Satan is head, Jesus has, working and cooperating with him in his army, the Godhead. God the Father, you see, is involved in the armies of the living God. And he subjected himself to the Father when he came upon the face of the earth. Amen. As the Prince of Peace. Amen. See, his army also has within it a host of celestial beings, finite celestial beings that we call angels. They too can be classified into four known, at least four known categories. The archangels, the cherubim, the seraphim, and the host angels. The archangels being the highest in order, highest in rank. At one time occupied by Lucifer, Satan himself. Along with Michael and Gabriel. Michael, of course, being the archangel of God and meaning one who is like God. Gabriel, I like one, the way one preacher put it, said, a Gabriel, God's hero. Hallelujah. God's hero. And of course, we read about the cherubim and the seraphim and the host angels. Remember the heavenly host of angels that were gathered around about the throne. The number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive honor and glory. Remember that? The host angels that appeared when Gabriel pronounced the birth and announced the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ in Bethlehem that joined in the worship and praise the host angels. Well, these angels are finite celestial beings, meaning they have certain limitations. You know, we talk, we hear the talk in the body of Christ about these devils. I want to take a little bit of time to talk to you about angels. Hallelujah. We're in the army of God. We're not in the army of darkness. Sometimes you wonder when you talk to some believers, they were talking about devils and demons. Let's talk about some archangels and cherubim and seraphim and host angels. Hallelujah. It'll put them devils to naught and to flight. Amen? See, they are finite beings. In other words, they have certain limitations. They're not omniscient like God is. They're not all-knowing. 1 Peter 1.12 tells us that when the gospel is, is preached, they desire to get in on the act. They desire to know, you know, what we know about the gospel. They don't know all that we know. They desire to know. See, they're limited in their knowledge. They're not all-knowing. See, they're not like God in that respect. But they, nevertheless, they are unembodied spirit beings. In other words, they don't have bodies like you or me. See, they are not subject to matter. They can walk right through that wall, should they desire. Hebrews 13, 2 tells us that we could be in their presence and wouldn't even know it. Entertaining, you know, angels, strangers. Angels, unawares. Peter, when he was in prison over there in, in the book of Acts, the 12th chapter, talks about the angel that came to deliver him, walk right on through the walls. They're not subject to matter. But they do have certain limitations. And one is that they're not like God in the sense that they're not all-knowing. 
And they're not omnipresent. They can't be everywhere at one time. See, we only attribute that characteristic to who? To God. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere at the same time. Aren't you glad he's everywhere? He's in you wherever you go. He's in me everywhere I go. What a God that we serve. He's infinite where these celestial beings, they are finite beings. See, they have their certain limitations. Well, they're not limited to space either. And they could travel fast, quickly, see? Although they can't be everywhere at once, they can do their best to get there as fast as they could. Amen? Well, there's another thing about these angels. They make heaven their home. We know that they, they, they live in heaven. But they spend much and probably the majority of their time upon the earth, these hosts. You see, remember over there in John 1, 52, when Jesus was uh, gathering together his disciples, picking them out, and uh, he said to one of his disciples, you think that I'm the Son of God just because I had a word of knowledge. But what if you should see heaven open and the angels ascending and descending out of heaven's glory. Notice, ascending, not descending first, ascending. Although heaven is their home, they spend much of their time upon the face of the earth. They have an interest in God's man. You see, they're here for a reason. And that number one reason is to minister for us. To minister for us. That's the number one job of angels for coming to this earth is to minister. See, they are messengers of God. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth? I heard one preacher say it like this, God lover. She was right in her heart but wrong in her head. She said, These people that talk about we've got the ability to charge the angels or the, the ability to you know, bid, have the angels do our bidding and that sort of thing. They don't know where they're coming from, you see. And I thought about it, and I said, well, what do you base that on? And they said, I heard her say, well, the Bible says, He shall give His angels charge over thee. Now, see, if you were to hear that blanket statement, sounds good. Sounds very religious, too. But it doesn't sound like we study to show ourselves to be approved unto God. We're not living under the old covenant. And I thought immediately within myself as I was meditating upon this, he did give his angels charge over me, and the charge was this. I send you forth to be ministering spirits to minister for them who are the heirs of salvation. That was the charge. Hallelujah. And the charge is bore them up in your hands lest they dash their foot against a stone. See, that's the charge he gave them. We live in the New Testament, and in Hebrews 1.14, we are told that they are sent forth of God to minister for us. Did you notice that when I was away, Brother John Newsell ministered for me in my stead, in my place? I wasn't here. He was doing the ministering. He was ministering, you see. Well, when you get somebody to minister for you, they do the ministering. Now, you have to notice that I had to ask them. And it's the same thing with the angels. They minister for me. When you have a waitress come and wait on your table, she ministers for you, doesn't she? You don't get up and go get your food. 
she brings it to your table. She's ministering. It's the same thing with these angels. How can you say such a thing? Is this so? How can it be? Well, God's given them a charge. Go minister for them who are the heirs of salvation. I wish I could stop right now and just do a teaching along these lines. But our thoughts are going to go into a different direction. But think about that. Think about that. Psalm 103 verse 20 says that these angels that do excel in strength, and they do have superior strength, you know, to, according to the state of man right now, they, far, they are far superior in intelligence and in strength, in man's state, natural state. But when you get into the realm of God, bless God, we've got things revealed unto us by the Holy Ghost that they don't know anything about. And you see, when we are relieved from this body, like we just talked about our brother being promoted to glory, then I don't believe that an angel can compare to the life and nature of God we have within us in strength. But one angel put 185,000 men to flight. Slew them all. Far superior strength, you see, in strength. This here, Psalm 103, verse 20 says that these angels hearken unto the voice, voice of his word. His word is here. It's written. We have his word within our hearts. They are so programmed that when they hear God's word, they obey. If Christ is in me, living in me, alive within me, and I have his word, and I become the voice of God, I speak God's word. In that respect, I become his voice by speaking his word. Angels are accustomed to hearkening under the voice of His Word. And so when we give voice to God's Word, they obey. They do what God has programmed them to do through His Word. Okay, now, in this army we see then we have the Godhead where Jesus is the Prince of Peace, where He is the Captain of our salvation. We see that we have angelic beings classified in these four known categories at least, cooperating together for what purpose? Well, in contrast to Satan's kingdom of darkness, he comes to steal, kill, to destroy. Jesus said, I've come for one purpose. Notice Satan's work is expressed in a threefold purpose, but God's work through Jesus is expressed in one. It's namely this. I've come for no other reason but to give. See, give is the opposite of take. Satan comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. Jesus said, I came to give, to give life more abundantly. So this is the purpose of this kingdom that we're involved in, to give life more abundantly. Satan does not want you to have abundant life he wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything that the kingdom of light represents and stands for. But Jesus doesn't want him to steal, kill, and destroy. So he says, I've come to give life. And I've brought my army. I represent the Godhead of the king the Godhead, the kingdom of light. I am the prince of peace, and I am the captain of this army. And I like to find out what devil could match 
the Lord Jesus and his army. We are hooked up with deity. We are hooked up with God. We are walking in the kingdom of light. The angels are on our side, fully on the devils and these demons. Amen? You ever find yourself getting caught up and talking about devils? Start talking about Michael and Gabriel. Start talking about the angels. Then start, start talking about the captain of your salvation, Jesus. And you won't be talking about devils no more. You'll be laughing about them. That's about it. You see? That's his purpose. Well, whereas in contrast, this devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, my Bible tells me that the lion of the tribe of Judah has his eyes upon me, and he's going forth throughout all the earth, and he's not walking, but he's running to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are upright and perfect towards him. Now, you begin to evaluate the strength of these two kingdoms. You begin to evaluate the personnel, the principles, and you've got to come to the conclusion and decision that the kingdom of darkness is just no match for the kingdom of light. The kingdom of darkness will never prevail over the kingdom of light. And finally, we, in our comparison, we find out that words of our English language cannot begin to express the love the Father has for us through Jesus Christ. See, words can't express Satan's hatred, but likewise, words cannot express the love that the Father has for us. I want you to see two sides of the spectrum. I want you to see clearly that we are in a spiritual warfare. And it's time that we begin to take our place in the army of the living God. It's time we take our stand against all that darkness stands for. Now let's go look at over here in verse 3. Man... And we can classify man, I believe, in two categories. That is, the believer and the non-believer. The believer and the non-believer. The born-again believer and the non-believer. The person that's in the kingdom of darkness and the person that's in the kingdom of light. Man may not realize this in his natural state, but we as born-again believers do understand and know, according to this scripture at least, that we are living in the natural realm, but our warfare does not involve natural, fleshly human weapons. It's not a, human, a natural fight. Now, Ephesians, before it said about the four categories that we mentioned of Satan's kingdom, said that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. So if our battle is not against flesh and blood, then the weapons, natural weapons, that we know of will not be sufficient against this army that we're up against. And so we're living in the natural realm, but we're not fighting a natural war. We're fighting a spiritual war. We have spiritual weapons. These weapons are in verse 4... The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. 
These weapons are mighty weapons. And they are not through man, but they are through God. Man cannot devise a weapon that could stand against all of Satan's artillery. Man couldn't think of something that would be, you know, effective concerning Satan's artillery. You just won't be able to do it. It's impossible. And that's why God has devised for us certain weapons of our warfare. They are spiritual weapons, mighty spiritual weapons, through God to the pulling down of all the strongholds of the devil, all the strongholds of Satan. Now, it would do us good to know this. In Colossians 1.13, we are told we have been delivered out of the authority or the kingdom of what kingdom? And translated into the kingdom of the Son of His love, the kingdom of light. Aren't you glad that in God's army and in God's government system, the system of, of heaven, that there will not be any equal rights movements? Because in God's program of drafting, it doesn't matter whether you're male or whether you're female, you're automatically enlisted into the army of God. Did you hear that, Brother Reagan? Amen. There won't be any equal rights, women's liberation movement. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female, you are automatically drafted into the army of the living God. You're in there automatically. Because you're delivered out of the authority of darkness, translated into this kingdom, and you become a soldier in God's army. Now, I think that every individual that's involved in this army should understand something about their weapons, don't you? Don't you think that we should be involved in defending the country for which, for which we stand, the government of heaven, the kingdom of light. Sometimes I think that we got it backwards. The kingdom of light has not been invaded by the kingdom of darkness. But contrarywise, when Jesus of Nazareth, when Christ, the Word, left heaven's throne for the purpose of becoming the captain of our salvation, it was an invasion of the kingdom of light into the so-called kingdom of darkness in this earth. Because when Adam committed high treason, he legally turned the whole works over to the devil. He became the reigning king over the world and over mankind, and if God wanted to, He could have said, well, forget the earth, let's go over to Mars and make us a new creation. But I want you to know that He didn't do that. He's, as far as I'm concerned, I could just see Jesus stand up and just say, I declare war on the kingdom of darkness, and I'm going to be the leader of, of the kingdom of light. I'm going to be the captain of their salvation, and I'm going to go into that kingdom of darkness, and I'm going to tear it apart. We are not on the defense. We are on the offense. Satan doesn't have us backed up in a corner. We have invaded his territory. Glory be to God. Do you see what I'm saying? We're on the offense. The war is on. 
we're on the side of Jesus. We've entered in. See, the Bible tells us that we may be here, but we're not of this world. I said, we may be in it, but we're not of it. Where are you from? We're from heaven. Why are you here? For the purpose of invading Satan's domain and tearing it apart. And getting those that have been bound up by his lies and deceptions and taking them out of his kingdom and drafting them into ours. Hallelujah. See, bringing them on in with us. That's why we're here. Let's get off the defense. Let's get on the offense. You know, everyone should know this if you're a football fan, that the best defense is a great offense. I mean, when you've got a great offense and your team controls the ball 90% of the time, that's a fantastic defense because the other team doesn't have the ball. They can't score. Most of your points are not scored on defense. They're scored on offense. Isn't that right? So do you see what I'm saying? We should take the offense. We're on the offensive. We should take the initiative to learn about the weapons of our warfare, these mighty weapons, and not take a back seat and just defend ourselves from the adversary, but get on out there into the front lines and do some damage to his kingdom. The violent shall take it by force. See, this is what God wants in this latter day right now, this outpouring. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God. Just won't do it. Why? Because the church has been equipped with mighty spiritual weapons. Now, it goes on to say here that these weapons are designed of God, by God, for the purpose of pulling down certain strongholds. Well, what's a stronghold? You know, you, you, you think along the lines of the military. You think of a stronghold. Well, you see, this kingdom's got a stronghold in this particular area. It's like a, a castle, a place of refuge. How does he build up this fortress, this castle, where he can live free from the kingdom of light, where he can protect himself? Well, let me say one thing. Carnal weapons, carnal weapons will never, never, never pull down the strongholds of the devil. Carnal weapons will never break up his hiding place, his place of refuge, his place of defense, his place of protection, his place of living. Carnal weapons, no matter how intelligent they might seem to be, will never, never, and I want to emphasize that again and again, will never cause us to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. And that's why God has designed mighty weapons for us, because if these weapons were capable of doing it, there would have been no need for God to devise these weapons for us. But God has devised these weapons for us because he knew that, that our weapons would not be any match for the artillery of Satan. They just can't do it. I just mentioned to you part of our mighty weapons. And this part of our artillery has been neglected by the body of Christ, and that's the ministry of angels. The ministry of angels. If demons carry out the program of Satan, why do we find it so hard to believe that angels carry out the program of God? If demons hearken unto the voice of the non-believer, 
When the non-believer yields himself to de demonic influence and demons hearken under their voice and take them captive at that person's will, why is it so hard to believe that angels can hearken under the voice we speak concerning God's Word? Why should that be so hard to understand or discern? I think it's very plain and simple. When a person yields himself to demonic influence, then demons just go in and take over. Well, when we start speaking God's word, angels are activated and they get involved in our deliverance. But now let me just stop here just for a minute and share with you something concerning carnal weapons. I briefly mentioned this to you last time I spoke, but I want to bring it out in a, in a clear, concise way. What are these carnal weapons? And what are they designed to do? Now, let's take, first of all, the area of medical science. By calling medical science a carnal weapon, we are not in the least belittling the medical science field. Carnal means natural, earthly. There are no supernatural powers in medicine. How many of you know that? Now, maybe witch doctors and that sort of thing, you know, when they got involved in it with their chance, that was spiritism. Now, they believe it that way. But I'm talking about the, the cures and the preventive medicines that have been developed down through the years through medical science. Designed to help nature in the healing of the human body. I'm talking about this field of science, the medical science field. That's a carnal weapon. It's designed to alleviate human suffering in the human body. Until we come to the understanding that Sickness and disease is a fiery dart of the devil. We'll never be able to enter into the mighty weapons of our warfare against sickness and disease. See, a stronghold has been developed in this area. Satan has developed a stronghold in the minds of men. See, it's in their thinking faculties. And they think that the medical science field is God's ultimate weapon against sickness and disease. And they're mistaken. That's exactly what the devil wants us to think. No, that's a carnal weapon. Let's classify these weapons. That is a carnal weapon. It's designed by man for the purpose of alleviating the suffering from disease and sickness and all the calamity that can come into our human system through this fiery missile of sickness and disease. That's what it's designed to do. People have spent countless millions and millions of dollars, hours of dedicated work for the purpose of developing these carnal weapons. And they are to be commended for that which they have done. They are to be commended for what they've done to help alleviate the pain and the suffering that the natural human body comes in contact with just by living in this kingdom of darkness. See, that's this round. But you see, carnal weapons will never, never put to naught this fiery missile. And I'll tell you why. Let's talk about cancer. Let's talk about muscular dystrophy. I don't know how many millions of dollars. How many millions of dollars was just pledged in the telethon? Anybody know? Speak it out. 30 million? 30 some odd, 30 million dollars? Millions of dollars are spent. And we thank God for the research and for the work. But you know what, my brother and sister? 
This thing never wipe out muscular dystrophy in your lifetime, your generation. I say to you, what good is it? You say, well, it will help another generation. I thank God for that. But let's go back and not be blind and narrow-minded. Let's go back and let's begin to see the program of Satan in the area of his attack against medical science. They find a cure for a certain disease, for a certain sickness, or should I say a preventive medicine, or whatever you want to call it, miracle drug. And the first thing the devil does is he devises another firing missile. We've got a vaccine, we've got a drug that can help wipe out smallpox. Well, the generations that died from smallpox didn't have any relief from it, did they? They died from it. It didn't really help them, did it? It didn't promote their health, did it? It didn't do them any good. Well, finally, when they discovered this thing and they started to use this thing, it helped people in this generation, the generation, you see, that began to become proficient in it. Now, think about this. Soon as man devised this thing, this carnal weapon, all the devil did was said, I'm going to give you cancer. You see, this one drug is not going to keep us healthy and free from all the diseases that we face. So the first thing he does, throws in our face another missile, and the first thing we do is spend millions of dollars of research to find out how to get a cure for this. If we even get close to that, then another fiery missile comes, and it's called tuberculosis, muscular dystrophy, arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, in, on and on. And every time man starts to get close, another fiery missile comes. He starts to get close, another fire. Millions of dollars are going here. Millions of dollars are going there. Research is going here. Time is being spent here. Research over here. And you finally find out you can't keep up with the devil. You just can't keep up with the diseases. You just can't keep up with the germs. You're just never going to put to naught all sickness and all disease so long as there is a living devil. Because that's not a natural warfare. Only when we see that it's a spiritual warfare will we learn how to withstand the sicknesses and the diseases that we confront every day. You say, what are we going to do? We're going to channel our research in another direction. We are going to channel... I've been doing this since I've been born again. By no way have I been perfected in it, but I'm learning. And you should be learning also. But you hear what I'm saying right now. Instead of spending the multitude of millions of dollars and billions of dollars into these areas where, and thank God, like I said, that generation benefits from no smallpox. But so what? They died from cancer. If they ever find a cure for cancer, if they ever find a cure for muscular dystrophy, there are other diseases that are just rising just as fast. Where do they come from? Well... Did you notice they come from the Asian flu, where the devil's prominent? He says, we're wiping them out over here, let's send a little bug over there. Do you see what I'm saying? 
These are missiles. And Satan doesn't even have to be a... All he's got to do is just, just like Russia. They just send a missile over the United States of America. They can fight you without even coming over. Send an agent. Send a demon. Send something. On the wings of a, of a demon, send a germ. Whatever. This is what Satan uses. And in the realm of, of, of sickness and disease, we have got to come to the understanding that we're not going to do it in our lifetime. And no matter what generation benefits from this cure, from these other diseases... You can, you can mark my words that another generation from now, there's going to be sicknesses and diseases that they still cannot alleviate. Do you see that? It's just never going to happen. It's futile. Trying to fight spiritual battles with carnal weapons is futile. How are we going to channel this research in another direction? I wish I could have a loudspeaker right now and shout as loud as I could to everybody that's involved in medical science. I mean, everybody that's involved. Medical science people want to help people. You do realize that. That's why we're not opposed to medical science, because they want to help people. All we're doing is putting it in its proper light, in its proper place. I would love to tell the whole medical science world this fact. It's time that we start to channel our finances and our research into another direction. I have come to the understanding that the Prince of Peace has come. The Captain of our salvation has come to the earth. His name is Jesus of Nazareth. He has come with healing in His wings. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He went about our cities and villages teaching uh, in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every manner of sickness and every manner of disease among the people, known to the people. And in Matthew 15 it says, it didn't matter whether they were blind, halt, maimed, deaf, dumb, it didn't matter what condition they came. The Bible says that this Jesus of Nazareth healed them all insomuch that the people marveled when they saw the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the dumb to speak, and the lame to walk, and the be made whole. They marveled at what this person possessed. God has provided for you and for me a mighty weapon in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that could withstand every sickness, every disease, every fiery missile of the devil and put that thing to nut and wipe out sickness and disease in our generation. Our generation. And those that died need not die. And those that are dying need not wait for a cure to be found. What about your baby? What about my children? What about our families? Do we have to wait till the, tomorrow's miracle drug? Do we got to wait until tomorrow's, you know, new medicine, new research? Do we have to wait? What about those that are living right now with muscular dystrophy and all the diseases that face us? What about them right now? Do we just let them die? Do we let them suffer? Is there not a more powerful weapon that we have that can alleviate this suffering? 
Would to God that all our abilities, all our monies, all our efforts, all of our dedication would be centered in and focused on He that has come with healing in His wings. Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, would to God, why are we majoring in the minors? I think that this subject of divine healing has been so belittled even by the church that the devil has the church where he wants the church concerning this. And these certain strongholds about sickness and disease that he has established and built up in a place of domain, that's a place, that's a stronghold, a place of refuge. He's living in the wrong thinking of the body of Christ concerning this weapon, this missile of sickness and disease. And it's only when we pull and tear down these strongholds can we enter into the fullness of our blessings concerning sickness and disease. And brother and sister, I believe it's time. I believe that there's a time that the body of Christ is going to walk so much in the power of God's Spirit and resurrection and so much in the power of the name of Jesus that, as they said, those that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. will be said about this generation when it comes to the area of sickness and disease. I believe there will be a display of the healing power of God that's unparalleled. And I mean even beyond that of the book of Acts. When Peter, the shadow of Peter, just passing by, caused those that were lame to be made whole. You couldn't tell them that God didn't heal back then. You couldn't tell the early church that God didn't want to heal every sickness and every disease among the people. There was a power. There was a weapon. There was ability. There was something vital that was active among the early church that wiped out sickness and disease. And my own research, it was years in the body, the early church, it was years before sickness and disease ever got back in. Over a hundred years. Years. They walked in such a power. They walked in that powerful, mighty weapon. And that powerful, mighty weapon begins, and in case you haven't written down any of this stuff. We talked about angels briefly. But you write this down. Your number one weapon is the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. What weapon do we have against this missile of Satan? The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is above Every name of sickness. You see, I don't understand it. Look at, beloved. We see it every day, day in and day out. We are not to believe our reasoning faculties. We are told, trust the Lord with all our heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. If you don't watch out, you can be around sickness and disease so much that it will rise above the name of Jesus in your life. You begin to reason out, how can the name of Jesus heal that crippled person? How can the name of Jesus bring back to health that body that's been eaten through cancer? How can the name of Jesus take that skin and bone person lying upon that bed and put life and vitality back into that body? How can it? We are not to even let that kind of thinking enter into our mind let alone affect our spirits. 
I have come to discover in Philippians chapter 2 that the name of Jesus is above every other name. God highly exalted him and gave him a name above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven. Thank God he didn't stop there. And things in earth. And things or beings under the earth. And everything in the realm of sickness and disease involves the earth, beneath the earth, and when he said in the heavens, sometimes our thinking, you see, we're just so... Yes, angels are subject to Jesus. We know that. But he did not say the heavens for that purpose. There is what we call the atmospheric heavens. Spiritual wickedness in high, one translation says, heavenly places. The very air that we breathe is filled with these hostile forces of darkness. Medical science has proven when you get out beyond the atmosphere, there are no germs. Did you hear me? When you get out beyond, when you get out far enough, there are no germs of sickness and disease. They don't live out there. You're getting closer to God's domain. But we are living in the earth. And the first heavens, the atmospheric heavens, is contaminated with these hostile, wicked forces of darkness. And as we're living in the earth, we have been told by the captain of our salvation that my name is above every name in that atmospheric heaven. My name is above every disease and germ that's in the earth. And every devil and demon that operates out of hell to bring these sicknesses and diseases upon God's chosen people has got to bow to the mention, to the whisper of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got a mighty weapon against sickness and disease. My mind can't grasp this. My mind, when I walk to the hospitals and see dying humanity, my mind, when I begin to go to some of these special places of institution and see people, their minds that have been destroyed by the devil, the devil destroys people's minds, you're, you can't grasp it. Why? Because we're living in the natural realm. And though we walk in the flesh, in the natural, our warfare's not there. And we try to reason it out with our own thinking faculties. How in the world can I walk into that room and deliver that person whose mind has been subjected to such treatment? But then something rises up big from within you and says, look, keep your thinking faculties shut off. I told you that I've come with healing in my wings. I have told you I've given you a mighty weapon. I've told you that I am above darkness. And all you need to do is take my name, lay your hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. That's all I need to do. Wipe it out of our thinking. Did you ever notice that when we're in these areas of darkness where medical science does not prevail? You know, not everybody is educated like we are in in the area of medical science. We've got missionaries right now that are actually ministering. Well, it's it's very difficult to get the littlest amount of medicine. Did you know that? Brother Samuel, when he was here, was saying, at one time in his early part of his ministry, it it was rare to get some kind of medical help. Now, you think about that. What do they do? But did you notice that over there in them countries where it's black and white, there are no gray areas, that they go in there with the powerful name of Jesus and those demons, I mean, they bow like that. Them devils are cast out like that. But we educated ourselves 
in our heads at the expense of faith in our hearts. And in this country, not like other countries, these dark countries, they don't walk around and say, yeah, well, God has given us doctors. Now, now again, I am not belittling the medical field. But in this country, there's a stronghold. People are saying it today, and it's demonic, that God's weapon against sickness and disease is the medical science field. Pull that thing out of your... That's Satan living in a stronghold in our thinking, in our mind. Get him out. Kick him out. Because that field in your generation will never help you to be free from the diseases that are around you. You can't do it. But I want you to know that when we come to the realization that the name of Jesus is above, above, above every sickness known to the human race, then and only then will we rise up, take our place against these hostile forces of darkness. Now, I want to get into a stronghold tonight, but I, I, if I may, if I may, why did you say the name, the name of Jesus first? Well, you know, your, your kingdom is only as strong as its leader. Did you know that? The leadership. Our country is only as strong as our leadership. Satan's kingdom you know, Jesus, talking about it, said that a strong man keepeth his goods. He keeps his palace, he keeps his goods. But only when a stronger than he comes can this strong man be defeated and bound. And then can this stronger one divide the spoils. Now, I want you to hear this. Jesus is our leader. He's our captain. Satan is the captain in the kingdom of darkness. He's the prince. Jesus defeated Satan in open combat. Jesus stripped him of all of his authority. Jesus brought to naught the devil in all his cohorts. Jesus, through death, annihilated paralyzed, crippled, wiped out the power or the force behind this kingdom of darkness, Jesus is greater than Satan. Jesus is greater than Satan. Jesus is far greater than Satan. When Jesus came to the earth, he proved it by sending out his disciples to heal the sick, and when they came back and said, Even the devils are subject unto us through thy name, Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning falls from heaven. Did you ever get the import of that? He was saying this, I saw when that old rat was kicked out of heaven. I saw when that Lucifer rebelled against my father and was thrown out of heaven and I beheld him falling out of his place of domain then. And I've come to tell you now that I'm bringing to the earth a power, a power that's in my name that when my disciples use my name, Satan will fall and bow to the name that I represent. And he'll bow his knees. He saw it out of heaven and he says, I've come to bring that good news to the earth. And it doesn't matter what the name is. It's all, it all has its source. The kingdom of darkness. Our kingdom 
supersedes that kingdom. Jesus, our leader, is greater than Satan, their prince. Jesus, our captain, is wiser than the devil. How does his name work? I'm having a good time finding out. It works. I said it works. Don't you wish that everybody involved in medical science would change right now, make this change, and start to come with us and channel all their efforts in the area of the name of Jesus, in the area of the kingdom of light, in the area of the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he healed how many? Every sickness, every disease. How would you like a weapon like that? If I were to tell you, or the medical science people, I've got a weapon that will heal every sickness, every disease. They'd make you a multimillionaire. I've got a cure for the common cold. I've got a cure for the flu. I've got a cure for cancer. I've already discovered the cure for muscular dystrophy. I've already found out the cure for every sickness and every disease. All we got to do is perfect it. Would you come and help? Not the name of Jesus, us. Let's help one another. Let's learn about this thing. Let's put all our efforts together. Hallelujah. Let's draw an eye unto God. Let's resist the devil and he'll flee. You see what I'm saying? Let's put our efforts together. Join ourselves together. Let's pull down these strongholds of the devil. I found the cure-all. The name is Jesus. Oh, would to God, would to God. I can't tell you how this burns in my heart, but would to God, would to God, would to God that we could bring to this place of suffering humanity the powerful name of Jesus. Well, that's one weapon. The name of Jesus. Verse 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge ourselves from all this hogwash and mishearing when our proper hearing is fulfilled. I wish I had time, but I don't. Praise God. Stand up to your feet. I want to give you a testimony. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.